This movie referenced Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer. What? Alan Dershowitz was a reference. Oh, this. is that who Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer was? Yes. He oh. also was the lawyer for um, O.J. Simpson and more recently, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Anyway. I hate that this is what we're starting on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tipsy Terror. Uh, this is a podcast where we get drunk and watch a horror movie, and we record ourselves watching the movie, and then we record the podcast right after while we're still drunk, and we cut in clips of us while we were watching the movie, like this clip. What college is this? Their dorm room for being freshmen is, like, insane. I know. Is this a dorm? I thought this was, like, someone's house. No, it's a dorm. <laughs> That's a huge dorm room. That was a clip. I love that clip. Joining us today is very special guest and friend of the pod, Sydney Lawson. Hey, hey, pleasure to crash this thing again. Y'all have never heard her before. You might recognize her from our Amityville Horror episode. And our frequent Cinnamon with Sid segments. (laughs) Where she brings knowledgeable and delightful conversation to the table. And I'm Harish. I'm Sam. I'm Molly. Yeah, and... Welcome to Disney Channel. Welcome to Tipsy Terror. (laughs) Speaking of the Disney Channel, who wants to hear about the truth about Danimals? No! No. We're not getting into this. (laughs) Molly has a conspiracy theory about Danimals. If you give a dollar on Patreon, we'll let Molly tell you her (laughs) conspiracy theory about Danimals. I'm going to do that as soon as this is over. (laughs) And today's episode is about Scream 2. We're continuing our Stabuary series. I guess we decided is what we're calling. It's the best that we've come up with so far. um, So, Scream 2. So, what's everyone's histories with this movie? Well, I'll start. Because I already gave you the spiel in the last episode with where we were talking about just Scream, about my introduction to Scream. I watched Scream 2, honestly, probably the same day that I watched Scream for the first time. Yeah. So um, that's my history. Um, I've known it for just as long. Um, and uh, yeah, this is probably actually the... Well, I was going to say the one I've seen the least, but honestly, usually if I'm watching two, I'll watch three at the same time. So, like, they're probably around the same, like, amount that I've watched them. Yeah. Uh, There's four total. There's there's four total. total. Yeah. I was testing you. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that. Harish, what's your history? I haven't really seen this one. Um, I think I've only seen it one time. I know I've watched it with with you. With you. But, uh, yeah, I guess this would be my second time watching this movie. Yeah, and even the first time I wasn't really, like, concentrating on the film. Um, so, this is the, act- the first time I've actually been paying attention the whole way through. 
What about you, Molly? I've seen it a couple times. Yeah. Um, like kind of casually, not really. Mm-hmm. Like super, super invested. I don't think I've seen it with like other people. I think every time I've seen it has been by myself. Yeah. Maybe not actually though. I can't remember. I think I've maybe seen it with somebody once. <laughs> Whoa. Fuck you. That was loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aluga. Car horn, sorry. It's Saturday night, baby. Um. I don't know. Can't remember. But I've seen it before. What about you, Sydney? I saw Scream for the first time like a few years ago, and I don't really remember it that well because a lot of times I just remember shots and not like storylines. But I have felt connected to it because of the main character's name, but I haven't seen (laughs) any of the sequels or anything. Okay. So this was her first time watching it. Yeah. So what did you think? As your first time watching it. You're going to hate me, but I wasn't expecting it to to like it that much. Okay. Yeah. Why would I mean, we hate you fair. for I just really thought it was trash. <laughs> <laughs> because sequels are always really bad, but this was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like this could be a standalone. Sequels are always the inferior products. <laughs> By definition, they're inferior films. Yeah. <laughs> which we'll get to that. Um, but you I'm glad you liked it. You I, liked I think it. there was a very big uh, factor at play on why Sydney liked the end of this one, or this one was Lady Bird's mom was in it. <laughs> she was the killer. Oh wait, oh uh, spoiler, you can oh take that god. out. Oh my god, Sydney, you have mean... blown the podcast wide open. Oh, no, we don't care. About I was spoilers. like dying while we were watching this because I kept wanting to like Say make things. references about the killer stuff, right. and I couldn't because Sydney had never seen it, and I did not want to spoil it, and then. Like, two-thirds of the way through, she was like, what if Laurie Metcalf's the killer? And I was like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. It, it was bookmarked, too, by, or bookended by starting off with Buffy Summers being just, like, a character Buffy, and yeah, amazing. Sarah Michelle Gellar. And then ending with that just awesome ending. With Laurie Metcalf, yeah. And I think you guessed both of the killers at different points. Yeah. I'll cut them in if I, I have I think I just audio. said everyone was the killer. <laughs> you did mm-hmm. guess like basically it's my every character. Way. I think you did hardcore for a minute there. Think that the um, camera guy, Joel. I love him so much. Oh Joel my God. Joel was great. Yeah. He's a I good connected to distraction. him. Yeah, he He's like my Patronus. Oof. Hello. Um, Give it a second. So what should we uh what's uh what should we dive into first about this? Can we just talk about how many people in this movie have been in other movies that we've talked about? <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually. Jerry O'Connell, Deep Murder. Yeah. No, you're fine. Um, all the scream um from the scream cast, you have uh Jamie Kennedy who was in the original Scream, Neve Campbell from original, Courtney Cox, Courtney David, Cox Arquette, David Arquette, yeah. uh Timothy Oliphant, The Crazies. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was in that. He was. <laughs> <laughs> um has anyone else definitely right oh um just from other horror movies familiar with if you've seen urban legend you might gotcha, recognize one of the sorority girls i don't remember her name she's also in jawbreaker which is a great movie mm. yeah which i think also has rose mcgowan oh nice huh. i think yeah. i'm like 99.9 percent sure right great movie um who else well, yeah, I guess I don't know. I guess we could get into um sequel setup. Right. Yeah. So this this is a sequel to Scream. Mm-hmm. Uh Sydney's at college now. It's been 2 years and 2 years since the original and uh now there's also the additional element of there being a movie based on her life 
that's out <laughs> called stab it's called stab um and so there's that uh so and then so shortly into the movie um there's the initial opening killing which we'll get to in a minute but then like after the killing you're on campus with sydney and all our friends and then we get a uh scene in a film class oh. where randy and Tim- timothy oliphant's character mickey um are debating kind of with their class about if a sequel is actually comparable to like its original so like it there randy argues that it's always worse it's the inferior film and mickey is saying like no it can be better and they're trying they're arguing and trying to list movies right aliens t2 godfather part two yeah later he brings up um star wars and (laughs) so like it's fun because randy sits there in that class and is like sequels are shit and it's right like in the sequel of this universe and then later down the line randy explains the rules of the sequel being uh go ahead i got him this is my favorite part of the entire series is the rules, the rules. i got him so body count is always bigger <laughs> in a sequel number two the murder scenes are much more elaborate more blood more gore more carnage yeah and rule three he gets cut off saying mm-hmm. it but it played in its entirety in, in the, trailer, the trailer, so we yeah. know what it is. It's not in the movie. What is it? Never, ever, oh. under any circumstance, assume that the killer is dead. Yeah. Oh, shit. Which happens. There's like some right. weird killer dead Well, you thing. don't assume that the killer's dead just to leave it open for a sequel as well. But I think we can tie in the line of never assume the killer is dead to what one of the original scripts had with Stu. Yes. Uh, because I'm sure oh, yeah. that's probably why that was originally written in there. Mm-hmm. Right. That's probably why they cut it from. Yeah, because that's the, the ending. So different. with the script, there were multiple versions. Um, uh, so when uh, Scream was initially sold by Kevin Williamson, he also had a treatment, a five-page tri- treatment for um, Scream 2 and Scream 3. Um, because he wanted to sell it as a franchise. Oh shit! Yeah, that was like his idea for like them, like that studios would pay more because they're buying a franchise. But um, so uh, he had already planned to do like a sequel, and then as soon as uh, Scream came out, uh, basically like right after March nineteen ninety seven. I don't know exactly, but um, Scream came out in nineteen ninety six and then very late in 1996 because it was one of the top grossing films of 97 yeah um and then uh in march of 1997 they greenlit the sequel and then filming started in july of 1997 and then it was supposed to come out i don't know when it actually came came out out in late 97 well it it was like slated for december 12th yeah 1997 so less than a year after the original scream apparently um but uh, yeah so he already had plans for it and one of the uh initial ideas for the sequel was that Stu matthew lillard's character from the original hadn't actually died and had just gone to jail and then came back and um was the action was the killer in this but like mastermind the whole thing right but that wasn't (laughs) the way they played it out so very early on um in the production i think it was like even like right after they started shooting 
the script got leaked by an extra on the internet. And so because of that, they had to do a bunch of rewrites. So um, in the original script, the killers... Well, the in the script that got leaked... So I'll talk about this more, explain what I mean by that. But in the script that got leaked, the original killers were Derek and Hallie. Derek, um, Jerry O'Connell's character, uh, Sydney's boyfriend in this one. And then um, Hallie is her roommate. And like, so if you go on, there's scream.fandom.com, which is like fandom.com is one of those like wiki sites where it's like a Wikipedia for specific things. Mm -hmm. But if you go to scream.fandom.com and then you can search for Scream 2 alternate script and they have the actual leaked script on there. I want to read that. I I like skimmed the ending and I I don't know if it's the actual one because there are some typos like at the end um, for some reason they refer to it's definitely Hallie's character but it's labeled as Dewey each time. So at the end, um, when you're reading the script on that website, it's like Dewey and Derek are the killers, but then like they're in love and they're also like, (laughs) but like it's like, so the story um, is that they met online and like Derek is like, yeah, I read her um, blog posts and I really like them, but like her, is referring to Dewey. Um, so it's definitely huh. Hallie, but for some reason they just labeled it as Dewey. But anyway, so <laughs> the story uh, at the end of the original script was um, Derek and Hallie are the killers. They met online and like they describe it as this sort of like natural born killers, Mickey and Mallory relationship uh. that they have. That's the reference that they pick. And then um, they're like... Uh, <laughs> They they do the whole thing and they're cute, like huge film fans and stuff. And then at the end, like they're about to kill Sydney and Sydney's like, oh, uh, I thought the like girl's supposed to survive. Like, um, and then they're like, no, we've decided that we're sick of happy endings and we're sending a sim, uh, like symbol to Hollywood that we hate happy endings and that's not how stuff ends in real life. And then they go to kill her and then like it's that. revealed that mrs loomis is the actual killer like behind all of this she comes out and explains that she like got them to help her and then she kills both of them she kills uh um derek and hallie and then she's like haha my plan the whole time was to blame it on cotton who's the guy who like his life was ruined by (laughs) sydney so of course it's perfect revenge for him to go and kill her and all her friends. And so uh, she goes to like um, blame it on Cotton and then Cotton kills her. And then um, Cotton, uh, so it's all fine, right? So Cotton kills Mrs. Loomis. It's all fine. And then Gail goes and is like, thank you, Cotton, and hugs him. And then Cotton picks up the knife and stabs Gail. No. And he turns to Sydney and he's like, she's right. You ruined my life. <gasps> I need my revenge. And then Cotton goes and uh, like attacks Sydney. And then, so the way it ends in that is like, it describes all the way, like the chase, like Cotton's chasing Sydney. And then it like cuts off and it's like, and that's all I've gotten so far. And then he like describes the ending is going to be Cotton and Sydney have a fight. And then like, they both get stabbed and then it ends with like both of them closing their eyes. 
and that's how it ends. Hmm. So wow, I'm glad Holy that shit. script got yeah. leaked. Did it? <laughs> that was the original. So why did they change it? Did they change it because fan reactions were bad, or was it just because the, they wanted the show to be the a shock? Yeah. They they wanted it to be a surprise for the audience, um, and that's the main reason. Like once it leaked, they were like, okay, we have to change it. Um, but also. Another thing is that in um, 2017, um, uh, Kevin Williamson claimed that they had a bunch of different versions of the script already, and they had already planned to have a dummy script in case it got leaked. Oh my God. And so like, what he says is, okay, so this is a quote from Kevin Williamson. They were worried. They were worried the killer's identity would be leaked, so we wrote several endings, three in all, if memory serves. And when the actors and potential crew members were asked to read the script, we would send the script with the dummy ending. There was even a fake ending where Dewey was the killer. They existed as a decoy and nothing more. Extreme measures, but we really wanted to keep the killer's identity a secret. So that's what he says. He says that the leaked ending was actually like a fake ending, which... So, like, part of me, first of all, whenever I hear, like, people explaining why movies are bad, I immediately don't believe what they're saying. Because, like, they're usually just, like, um, you know, like, trying to cover up their mistakes and stuff. Like, especially with The Rise of Skywalker and whatever. And they're all, like, you know. Um, What's the whole ev- thing about that? Rise what? of Skywalker, everyone hates it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, what are they saying? About- um uh nothing specific uh but like a lot of them are like blaming like ryan johnson fucked it all up yeah cleaning it up and And like people think that jj people think that jj has a separate cut that's a better version um because like kathleen kennedy told him that to change the ending to satisfy the people who hated last jedi stuff like that but like my initial thing is to disbelieve anyone who comes out and says this is why my movie was bad. But um, it's also like after this got leaked, they had to do a lot of rewrites. And like um, uh, on Wikipedia and IMDb, even in the trivia, it like talks about how um, like the actors wouldn't even get the pages until like um, before they had to film because like uh, they were still like writing stuff. There were a lot of like unwritten stuff um, where like, uh, like details weren't included um so like Wes Craven had to like write and like um develop stuff like while he was filming on this it was also like it was such a rush schedule because they um oh, wow. they only got greenlit on uh, March in March and it was supposed to come out in December um so it was like a, a rush schedule yeah so like um, a lot of stuff like wasn't like completely fleshed out. They were like writing stuff, and and then like after the script got leaked, they um the actors never got like the final like reveal ending scene until like the day of, of shooting, the yeah. day that it was supposed to be shot. Um, so like the way like when you analyze when you think about it in that way, it's like okay, like if you were. If you had to like spend so much time writing like up to the day of shooting, then why would you write an entire dummy script f- just for it to get leaked? I don't know, whatever. Maybe he but, finished the script and then what? Like by the time they kind of got to shooting, he had a faked one just in case. Well, yeah, 
I don't know. Producers need to see a script. Yeah. So it could have just been for producers and to get things made and done. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But I like, don't really buy into that. But I, 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 I think that that script definitely was what they went into shooting with. It's also like, I, I, I sort of believe him because it is a worse ending than it is in the actual movie. But I also don't believe him because it's <laughs> like you wouldn't write an entire script just to get that leaked and then have w- to work extra to write right. it and yeah. get it out like on in time to film and stuff. Do you think it was a marketing stunt? I don't think so. <laughs> that's like, that's another thing where it's like, yeah, like maybe it might be a marketing stunt, but also like that's still like putting extra work. <laughs> if you have to do more work, then it's not really that effective of a marketing stunt. Um, but yeah, so like that's the story behind the whole like leaked script in this um, I will say I'm not surprised that pages were coming out um, the day of or the day before because I don't I feel like a lot of parts of this movie don't have as clear of a resolution as they do in the original. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely not as good as the original, in my opinion. But I feel like that works to the points that the movie makes about sequels being inferior films. It kind of plays into that, which right. like, does make it good. Yeah. So I can't like really be mad at it. So. Right. For me, something that drives me crazy about this movie is um, Mickey's character's excuse or like motive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have thought that's like the worst motive I've ever heard from a th- movie is like, oh, I'm going to go to trial. Yeah, it's but stupid. I still think it's stupid. But knowing what Harish told us in the last episode about why Kevin Williamson came up with the idea for Scream in the first place. Right. Which was, it was based on the Gainesville Ripper who basically just wanted to be the next Ted Bundy. Yeah. It makes sense as to why this could be like a modern serial killer's reasoning. Is yeah, like, that's I a big thing. Be trial famous. Yeah, it's to just like do the killings and be a, a big name. Yeah. It makes sense. I still think it's the dumbest motive out of the whole Scream series, but... There's also a motive in the actual act of doing it for, the, for serial killers. Yeah. But I think that... Uh, Mrs. Loomis coming in for just sweet revenge and like her reasoning on that I think that's fine and good that's right. great they set that up Amazing. early on too when they talk about Miss Voorhees yeah from yeah. Friday the 13th how um it was the mom I think they kind of did a good job of planting that seed and it's yeah. like a really great parallel of having the mom of like the son who in her eyes needs vengeance right you know it's cool because it's like literally the opening scene of scream the thing that gets drew barrymore killed is that she messes up the question about friday the 13th the killer (laughs) being the mom and then in the sequel yeah so like uh in in scream uh like the killer asks drew barrymore a bunch of questions and it was like if you get this wrong then you're gonna die and the sec the question that he asks her that tricks her is like who's the killer in Friday the Thirteenth, oh and she's God. like, oh, Jason Voorhees. Uh, but the real truth is that like it was actually Mrs. Voorhees, his mother, who oh was going God. around killing everyone. Um, and so that's, that's really what tricks cool. her. One of the most famous so, like plot twists in horror. Yeah, and in this movie, Scream Two 
it's revealed that it's actually the Lady original Bird's killer's mom. mom. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> I almost I screamed out so happy. <laughs> like respect for like horror history mm-hmm. and yeah. like genre. I think that's such a good homage to have like Mrs. Loomis as the killer. Right. And that was even in the original scripts. At least mm-hmm. the one the that got leaked. No, yeah. absolutely. That's perfect. It's good. Yeah. I want to make a a parody editing cut of like clips from Ladybird and then cutting to her talking about being a parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't understand how hard it is to be a mom. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, and then shit. cut to her like <laughs> Ladybird having a tantrum, screaming at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's so funny to me though, and I think that I think that a lot goes into like her blaming herself too because like in the first one, a lot of Billy's motive is just simply because his mom left. him him yeah like he was like a little mommy's boy who got abandoned and stuff so right. like uh-huh. i think that she partially blames herself for billy and all that and she's taking it out on sydney because like his whole motive is because she left and she wasn't coming back to see him and then all of a sudden she's like oh you killed my sweet boy and it's like bitch you abandoned him <laughs> right um so mm. something we haven't we didn't talk about in the original but it's also like goes through in this one is like the effect of Sydney's mom mm-hmm. in this because in the original like Billy talks about how um he Billy and Stu were the ones who killed Sydney's mom and um he like blames her for his own mother leaving and then in this one it continues that of like um uh mrs loomis is like uh your, your slut mom your took slut my mom husband. yeah took my husband so there's a lot of like slut shaming and also like of sydney's mother and like blaming her for stuff going wrong in their life yeah which is interesting did she end up getting with mrs loomis's old husband yeah like That's so what, what happened say, oh, yeah. what this the whole story is that like Maureen Prescott hooked up with Mr. Loomis and then Mrs. Loomis found out and left the family and it messed Billy up and he was so upset that as revenge he killed um he killed Maureen. Oh shit. Right. For the year anniversary. Deep roots. Right. Decided he 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 was psychotic, you know, so he kills he they they do like the And the reason thing. they blame Cotton is because like she Sydney, was also having like Yeah, she was like having an affair with um Cotton and then Sydney like saw him leave the night that she died. And so, so that's why they thought Cotton was her mom's killer initially. But he's it's proven The mom was having an affair with Cotton? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh. the mom was, yeah. Damn. Um so <laughs> Yeah, it's just Oof. I don't know. And it's, the mom's like, especially in the third one, the like third the mom one is like a huge character. Goes into her backstory, and, like, which we'll discuss lot, on yeah. that one. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting that Sydney's mom, even though she's dead, is like such an important figure in all of these. And that because she's dead, Sydney's the one who takes basically the paying the price. Yeah. For like mm-hmm. no reason other that she's her mother's daughter. Yeah. Damn, that goes way back. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was cool. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so so uh some other things from the original script is um 
Randy was actually he actually took a job as Gail's cameraman. Knew that, yeah. Um, that was in the original script. Joel, I think, was still in it, but I don't know exactly. He was, I think, just a film student or something really? like that. Yeah. That Wait, makes sense. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was Joel actually was a great character. <laughs> Dwayne Martin, who played Joel, it was his idea that Joel leaves after Randy dies. Okay. Because he was like, that just seems more realistic. Why would he stick around? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was afraid. Um, Speaking of the worst moment in the movie. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one, one of the things about this movie that just, I can't. Forgive it? Yeah. No. I can make excuses for a lot of the stuff in this movie. <laughs> like, the two girls who are in every scene and then just, like, don't have anything to do <laughs> yeah. with the plot. Right. Like, I can, like, look. I can overlook sisters. that. My exactly. heroes. <laughs> Yeah. I can't forgive this movie for killing Randy. Yeah. And like I don't know, it just sucks. It's so sad. Right. But wait. Does this mean so in the first movie he doesn't get killed cuz he's a virgin? Does this mean he finally got laid in college? I Ooh. sure hope so for him. Oh so. Yeah. No, that was a bit, but like <laughs> I'm devastated. He's my favorite character and yeah. they did him so dirty. I kid you not. For the long, so I still think that this one's my least favorite of all of them. I know that's controversial. Wow. Um, but for the longest time, my reasoning behind that was just simply they killed Randy, and that was the reason. <laughs> that was it. It was like they fucking killed Randy. I can't excuse it. Like, why would you do that? Because he's the best. Yes. I, I was so deaf. I mean, granted, his murder is like incredible and shocking and mm-hmm. it's entirely it's exactly what his character set up that needed to happen in a sequel right but i can't forgive it should have done it in the third one yeah i'll yeah. say it but instead we get to watch randy get butchered in a news van right he doesn't even and i'll say it his death is not that interesting he should have had a better death yeah a better murder scene it's what he deserved Right. He deserved to have a murder scene that at least is an homage to a different horror movie. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. So like kind of how um um the CC, the sorority sister, gets thrown off the building and you get that shot that like is reminiscent of Halloween where um he's looking over the balcony at the body yeah. on the ground that he's thrown. If you had even had something like as subtle as that, you know, I feel like that would have been better, but Right. You just get stabbed in a van. It's an off-screen death. You just see the body at the end. It's yeah. not fulfilling. Mm. Yeah. Can't forgive it. Justice for Randy. In a production van, though, so it's kind of like he wanted to get into production. So he did. <laughs> little thing, little little thing for him. I don't know. I can't. I can't forgive it. <laughs> also, this is. I want this to be my letterbox quote. This movie brings up an important issue, which is society's real villains are film bros. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's true. Yeah. They call him, they call Mickey that Tarantino freak. Right. And oh my honestly, God. That was him? Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, shit. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Checks out. Anybody who talks about movies the way, honestly, any of these characters in that film class talk about movies is probably right. a killer so, or an asshole <laughs> or both. I wrote this down as we were watching the movie. Are film classes actually like that? No. Where people are just like going around talking about movies that they like? No. Yeah. Like the first well, it depends day, maybe. on what class you're in. Because <laughs> first- like, 
I was in a class yeah, where we studied class. like auteurs and we just we would sit there and like compare stuff and be like, well, in this movie, yeah. yeah. So like I've been in classes. It depends that have on done the that. lecturer. Yeah, because sometimes they'll let people just talk about it, but right. hardly not never <laughs> does it happen. <laughs> no, it's stupid. And I think um, Harish, did you take a film class at Ohio State? Uh, I took a screenwriting class. Like three it's- of us have taken film adjacent, or four of us have taken film adjacent classes yeah like discussion like that happens but the difference is that it's in a a, an academic setting and the professors set it up to like if you're going to be making your case you have to back it up and you have to have specific examples and references and like you need to be academic about it someone can't just say i don't like sequels and someone else can't say well these are all the sequels i like because then it's just people talking about account for taste well (laughs) they were talking about the (laughs) kill They were yeah. talking about the killings and how they think that the killer is trying to make a sequel. And Randy was like, well, that's fucking stupid because sequels suck. Yeah. And so then here's your early evidence that Mickey's the killer is that Mickey's championing sequen- sequels. Yeah, he's right. He's and he right. also aggressively he's like, said <laughs> his interrogation of my long and history criminal past. That was the easiest interrogation I've had to do. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a bit, but probably he's not. <laughs> oh, shit. Also, um... There's like a scene where I, I cannot remember what it is, but he like straight up says something like, uh, I think it's he mentions how uh, Derek went back into the house at the party, but he wasn't yeah. there to know that. And so everyone thinks like, oh, this was him basically giving away that he was the killer. Oh, shit. Even oh, though I yeah. think that if they were in the hospital, somebody would have said it to him Someone that Derek went back in the house. It. But that's something that yeah. people talk about. That's cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Like, Mickey does not spend this movie trying to hide the fact well, that he's the killer. In the original script, Derek was the guy with the camera who was filming random stuff. Um, because at the end, there's, like, this whole sequence where, like, Derek and Hallie pass the camera between each other and, like, keep filming Sydney as, like, she's, like, being tortured by them, you know? Um so they changed that to make um this guy mickey has a camera at whenever they're all watching the press conference thing and that footage is what we see when gail and dewey i was gonna say along those lines there's that like really good av moment in the classroom where they show the video on the tv screen of them watching it yeah and that that is kind of really hard to pull off (laughs) Yeah. To mix it with other footage and then go to live footage yeah. that's happening in the room and you're feeding it to that camera, right. to that TV. To the second you TV. You have to be really good at AV to You'd know how to, to do that. You'd have to be a film student to know how to, you I'm know. I'm a film student yeah. and I don't even know how to do that. Yeah. A film oh student God. learning yeah. that specific thing. Father, I cannot click the An book. An IT I don't AV know the person. <laughs> I don't know the over But that's like really hard to do, especially with 90s technology. Yeah. yeah. You have like VHS tapes. I, that's my gripe about this VHS movie. tapes How? and he's streaming from a video camera to the TV. What? <laughs> like live streaming. Yeah, like that. Oh my god. That's yeah. Doesn't check he out. Was the original I mean, Twitch that's star <laughs> in the 90s. That's totally a thing that we could do right. in my house when yeah, I was growing I mean, up. There are like But live. from the pro- projection booth down to that. I mean, yeah, if you had a cord plugged in cuz like with an old camera, all you'd have to do is plug in the camera and plug it into the TV and it was just a it was like you'd instead have of have watching cord it long enough to go down to that TV. You just would plug it into the thing and then there was the cord like a cord at the yeah there's probably other connections on the other side of the room you you know what i think 
I think that they pre-recorded some of the footage, you know, for the movie, <laughs> and then they played it. They cheated it. I know. <laughs> is that Hollywood magic? I know you hate magic? to see it. Well, I is have a different Hollywood theory. Magic? My theory is they put a green screen over the TV <laughs> screen and then just put in the footage later. Oh, you know what? That's actually pretty good. Um, but yeah. The cheapest way to do it. But yeah, public enemy number one, film bros. <laughs> this movie proves it. You know, that's why I love this. I will say, I love movies in general and horror movies that talk about other movies and talk about film and talk about making movies and all that. Yeah. This movie has so much of that. From the opening scene right. where they're going to see Stab. And I'll let Sam Stab. talk more about Stab because I know it's your passion. But the opening scene of this movie, the cold open, is um at a movie theater, which is cool. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, no. we talked about how fucking ridiculous that scene is oh my god yeah. because okay so you've got a movie that's based on um killings that happened two years prior right quick turnaround for a fucking movie like even in modern times it takes a little bit longer than that um because like you want to be sensitive to the people who were murdered mm-hmm. and yeah okay anyways we'll go whatever this. we can get past that but then we go to the screening of this movie where the um it's it says on the um uh kiosk or, or the marquee not kiosk the marquee outside that it is a preview screening of the movie so it's a special okay. sponsored screening. Yeah. But then the studio is giving out ghost face costumes which is incredibly right. insensitive. That's, that's weird. And asking for trouble. With like fake yeah. knives yeah. too. Yeah, they like glow in the dark and shit. And then you get in the screening and it's like a rowdy screening, which is a thing that people do, but for a premiere of a movie. Not for a premiere. Well, consider this, it was the 90s. It was the 90s. <laughs> and then, so because of all this, we get the very iconic death of um, Jada Pinkett Smith, which is to me phenomenal mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you would need all that setup to mm-hmm. do the the death but just as it's going on the whole time in the scene we kept just looking at each other and being like this is so weird <laughs> not right. normal at all also what movie theater would ever act like this i'm sorry no. <laughs> i could not tolerate well, this. this is the there's rowdiest like, crowd there's rowdy screenings of movies where you like can do this built in stab a vision yeah they're like acting as if it's like a cult movie like with known points to <laughs> react like it, it basically looks like a uh like a rocky horror picture show screening that you'd go to mm. like during halloween this like in modern times where everyone like has lines where they react they know what's gonna happen next and then they're like ready to react like the scene where the opening scene where um casey becker dies everyone's like raising their fucking knives and like cheering it on um and we see it in scream 4 We'll get to it when we get to Scream 4, but um, there's a stabathon, which is where all the students oh, yeah. watch all the stab movies. Yeah. And we see this kind of behavior there, but it makes sense. It makes sense because these are cult it's, movies at this it's point. 20, Wait, it's 10 gonna, years later. Yeah. And so they're like, and they're in Woodsboro, so it makes sense that they would like sensationalize it because it's their history. Right. But for this movie, it's like, why are they doing that? <laughs> yeah. How do they know all this? Yeah, especially the, like, preview screening. Yeah. And let's get into the real problem I have with the stab things. 
I'm a, I love the stab universe within the movies. I think it's so fun. I I I'm a champion for Scream Three, and Scream Three literally is about the making of Stab Three. Yeah. And I think it's super fun and great. And it gets more meta. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, the thing that does not make sense to me is we see two scenes of stab in this movie and both scenes are scenes where Directly. nobody that was in that moment is alive or er, er, like not alive, but it's like gonna tell because like this is also something that irritates me. How do they know this happened? Billy in the one with Billy and Sydney. Yeah. Sydney would not talk to the film producers about that. You know that. So how do they know what Sydney and Billy said to each other? Right. That's the magic power of screenwriting yeah <laughs> and then like the scene where um casey becker dies i mean like you can see where they did differences but they left certain details where you're like how did they know that happened like the killer bursting out of like the window and stabbing her right there like how do they know yeah. that that was the exact pacing and shit right and I, I mean it's it's I think for the sake of just recreating things and showing you how like silly like recreations of that would be. Right. It's but it's cool. just like something that I'm always like, why do they know how that happens? It's, cool. it's also fan service at yeah, its best. Yeah. yeah, it's cool because it's like it's definitely the Hollywood version of Casey Becker's death. Also, the Becker house is insane in this. Where she's like directed she put by down, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. All the stab sequences were directed by Robert Rodriguez, who was considered as um, a director for the original Scream. But um, uh, it's it's cool because like the casey becker it's definitely the hollywood version of casey becker's death because she puts on the popcorn goes to take a shower has to take off her clothes so of course like you know hollywood whatever you get that stupid ass shot of the killer it looks cool the killer on the roof right and but her, it's like why would the killer be on the roof her house is like so much nicer like all glass much fancier like rich um house uh much more much fancier than the original drew barrymore's character's house was um so that was a cool aspect of it but yeah does that take you out of it when it was when the recreations of it are so accurate to the first no one? like do you, it doesn't does that ruin it for you it doesn't take it out of take me out of it because like it's fun to watch the Hollywood recreations of it. So, like, I'm enjoying it while I'm doing it. But I've seen this movie so many times to the point where I'm like, how do they know that? You know what I mean? It's just for me watching it so much. And, like, mm, I'm okay. already removed at this point when I watch it. Because yeah. now I'm at the point where I know it so much, I'm just going to analyze it. <laughs> but I don't think the original screening of it. I will say, do you guys notice that there's that point where... Dewey and Randy are talking, and it's the whenever the news report's happening when she Tori Spelling's being interviewed about playing Sydney, yeah. and then in the inter, so you get Dewey and Randy are sitting down, and then they turn and watch the TV, and we get a shot of Dewey and Randy with the TV, and then we get closer to the TV, and then they're like, oh, let's watch a clip from S Stab, and mm -hmm. then they turn and watch it, and the clip takes over the TV, and then cuts, and it's just our full screen, yeah. watching the clip. And then the clip ends, and then we just cut back to doing Randy, and they're right. like, Randy says, like, oh, I'll wait till video and stuff. But the, the movie purposely took a huge pause <laughs> to, to show, show us, us this yeah. recreation yeah, of the really movie. Cool. Like, yeah. it took us inside yeah, of that. Yeah. It was yeah. just interesting. And it like, did it within, like, different, like, steps. Yeah. It didn't just go to it. I thought that was really cool. I just thought it was yeah. interesting that the movie, like, paused and was like, let's watch this fake movie. Right. I don't have anything to say about it, but. <laughs> I also I do Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson plays Billy. 
And he looks perfect, <laughs> as always. His hair hey. is definitely a worse recreation of Billy's hair. They tried. Yeah. But, like, it's also supposed to be. Like, no offense, but I don't think Tori Spelling is as good looking as Neve Campbell is. No. Yeah. I but Tori Spelling was almost cast in Scream, which would have yeah. been tragic. I, I think, think they, I read that. I they purposefully know. did. Like, Billy did not look quite as good as Skeet Ulrich did. But it also fits in with the trope of, like, older people playing, like, what look like high schoolers. And you can tell that they all look a little bit older in the stab movie yeah so it's just really cool it's just such a respect for people who like scream and for people (laughs) who like movies and people who are critical of movies right the reason they cast tori spelling was because of the line in the The original movie where (laughs) she's like uh well someone asked sydney um who uh who would play you in your like life's movie and she was like in my with my luck, they'd cast Tori Spelling. Yeah. And apparently, like, Tori Spelling was, like, a fan of that joke. Like, thought it was funny. Oh, my and, God. Like, had a good humor about it. So, like... Oh, wow. um, That's why they used her as the um, the actress playing... Oh, Sydney in this. <laughs> so, that was cool. Like, Wes Craven even said, like, she had a good sense of humor about it. So, <laughs> um... That's cool. Uh, I wanted to talk about it's pretty fucked up to do a movie based on someone's like life story, just like tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, murders. Just and it's it's also like immediately goes into production because it's only two years later. Gail's book would have had to have been immediately released with rights already yeah. bought. I mean, with somebody fine. else already like working the script as yeah, soon as the book came rough. out right uh, but yeah, also they were sending like, out pages every day yeah she, maybe. like i don't know was the 90s that like not caring about anyone's like anything no you know? because they changed the script because of like columbine and shit but yeah before oh shit like kind of the culture of being like apathetic and like a lot of people were angry and that's where grunge came in right to kind of fuel that like kind of angst that was going on yeah it it was just weird to me that it was like we're immediately releasing a movie about someone's someone's real life trauma like directly like scenes from their life are directly depicted on screen only two years later it's it just seems like way too soon if there's any equivalent to that to do that yeah it's like a true crime doc yeah i mean we do like there are the there's like the zach efron ted bundy movie but also that's like so long it's been such a long time since then and like even like that's still a problem like that's not the best thing to do Mm -hmm. um but also like it's been long enough to where it's not like immediately like uh triggering to the people who are Mm -hmm. were immediately affected you know and that also is not a horror movie explicitly right how this one is where it's like a just straight up recreation of all the murders exactly it's not um yeah yeah. most of the ones today are like true crime retellings right like document trying docu- to figure series. out stuff which i don't always have an issue with if they're done like tastefully and with respect to like the people affected yeah but making I, it just like a slasher movie is really intense. i don't think that's tasteful right i just watched um the don't fuck with cats oh i haven't seen i that need to watch that documentary it was decent and it really had me up at, like the last episode is like fine the, the first two are great 
And then like the ending part, it just really, really lost me. And she talked about how, um, so it's about this internet like murderer who posted all this stuff online and was like super into getting attention. And they talk about that part of it. And she said, I wonder if we are complicit in like hunting him down, if we like fueled that need for attention for him and like escalated the situation. Um, yeah. And then she turns and looks at the camera and goes, are you complicit too? And I was like, no, I didn't know who this guy was <laughs> three hours ago. Right. Like, it was so clearly a, like, are you complicit? Like, and it's supposed to be like this deep moment. I was Shock like, fact. no, dude. <laughs> I just had yeah. like three hours to spend on this docuseries. <laughs> but I think it does speak to a point where, and we talked about this in the first episode, where people's drive to like see like murder and the other hand of that, like, drive to see, like, people get justice yeah, fuels a lot of, like, the crime and horror movies we see today. Right. I think this movie is a good kind of commentary on the dangers of that. Right. Can we talk about Jerry O'Connell? Sure. I don't trust him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who's that? That's the boyfriend, Derek. The boyfriend, Derek. Derek. Uh, and it makes sense oh. that he was supposed to be the killer. Yeah, we still don't know if he was in a part of it or no. Not. He he definitely he, wasn't. How do you why, how do you innocent. know that? Because he like has his like dying words, and then like you whenever the killer like when Mrs. Loomis comes out and stuff, she does not she acknowledge that him. he was even a part. But of also, it. Well, th- even that doesn't mean that uh, Mickey couldn't have hired him to be a part of it. Yeah, well, even Mickey like admits that it was he was, he was lying about that. It. He was he he like he says it to like make her suspect Derek, and then like immediately as soon as she, he shoots well, he Derek, shoots he's him. like he that, like that doesn't have to mean dismisses that it all. He wasn't working like right, him. right. He shoots him, but then like the way he acts right after that, I'm pretty sure like he just dismisses the idea of Derek being the killer. Like he. Like, there's no reason to deny it after you've killed him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't think that Derek was I will say that I know for a fact the official killers of this movie are just Mrs. Loomis and Mickey. Right. Derek there's is never just listed. Two. But Derek acts very suspicious throughout the whole movie, which is yeah to set you off to think it's another Billy situation. But also because, like, I think the scene where Derek's arm got slashed is very leftover from the initial idea, if that's true, that Derek was going to be the killer. Because it yeah. would make sense that that would be, like, to throw yeah. the scent off. Pre-med student, yeah. superficial wound, come on. <laughs> I think I love you. <laughs> that's the best scene of the movie that, right there. Um, he... Uh, had to audition by doing that scene oh my God, and really? singing that song. Yeah, that's it, how that was. It's the a hard audition. scene to do. If anything, yeah. that's the scene that takes me out of the fucking movie. The whole time, I'm yeah. like, "What it's is red. going on? Yeah. This would never happen." I know, but it I love it. But it. It's great. It's great, and it's like you're watching Jerry O'Connell do it, which is great, and it sets up him getting kidnapped later. So it's like it's oh, also it's great because he's not really a that good, singer? good no. of a singer. No, he's just a guy, and so it like works perfectly because. Like time. as like a random college boyfriend, like who's not a great singer, it, it just works. Um, so I I do like that oh, scene. I, I, it's, I would I would not ask for this movie without that scene. It's yeah. just that's the one where I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> right. But also, I just don't generally trust Jerry O'Connell. How can you after seeing him in that song? <laughs> 
every time I look at him, I see the Deep Murder uh, movie poster. Oh, really? Where he's like, I can't have food in my mouth, but he's got like a tongue out, like smacking his own ass. Mm. I hate it. I see the crazy glare on his eyes. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Deep Murder, Sydney, but uh, he can't be trusted in that movie. I feel like there's another movie I've seen where Jerry O'Connell definitely can't be trusted. I just saw him in real life, and he just slapped me right across the face. Oh, yeah? No, no he would never. I'm sure he's a very lovely man. I'm sure he is as well, I hope. but I don't trust I him. I haven't done any fact-checking on oh, Jerry O'Connell. Piranha mm-hmm. 3D. No, I haven't seen it. Watch God. the show. It's Jerry O. He, he has, like, a talk show, right? Yeah, I don't think it's, any, I don't think it's a Jerry thing anymore. O, yeah. That's cool. No, no, it's more like, it's uh, like Oprah. Yeah, it's like that kind of talk show. His character was a little problematic for me. What do you mean? Because he was just like never understanding of her. And like she was clearly going through a really traumatic thing. Right. And he wasn't supporting her at all. He was That's just true. making it about himself and being annoyed that she wasn't like loving him back. Yeah. yeah. They definitely put that in to make you feel like he's like fishy. I think yeah. I think it was more that like he wasn't like intentionally harmful he just like didn't he was just like um clueless about it like he didn't realize yeah. how much this actually affected her right which and was so annoying. like he, he, he came he in and he was like as yeah. opposed to like being supportive right um and it's it's like a it's a particularly um hard for her because like her last boyfriend was her killer or like her um whatever the Mm -hmm. killer um and so like he he doesn't understand why that would cause her to suspect him so like yeah you're right that he's like it's like unintentionally abusive yeah kind of yeah the whole time when he, he was talking and interacting it. with her though i was like red flag red flag right it, it's just weird because it's like he's like a lovable guy and he's like like when you watch the movie at least for me when i was watching the movie it was like oh this guy just is dumb like he just <laughs> doesn't get it he's like just the mm. dumb boyfriend yeah. who who like loves you and like he's great but like he also just doesn't understand why she feels like like that so mm-hmm. i don't know yeah i, I didn't like blame Very frat him guy for emotional, it yeah uh capacity. but it's also like it's still like you gotta like listen to her feelings and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> um let's see I have the extreme urge to watch Piranha 3D now. <laughs> because Jerry Jerry O'Connell. You in think it? he's crazy in uh, Deep Murder? Watch Piranha <laughs> 3D. <laughs> I, I watched that in high school and I remember hating it, but I think it's more of like an ironic thing, so I don't think I got it. You know, I think it's one of those movies. Not to change the subject to a different movie, but he's on my mind now. Right. I'm trying to think. Um, I guess we haven't really talked about Sarah Michelle Geller in this oh, movie. Oh yeah. So Oof. she signed on to this movie without even reading the script because she liked the original movie so really? much. Really? Yeah. And she's from I Know What You Did Last Summer, so she's worked with the writer she's, before. Right. Which is also written by Kevin Williamson, the writer of this, nice. who is in this movie. Yeah. He has a cameo um in the first scene where Cotton is on TV being interviewed. 
Kevin Williamson is the interviewer. Um, so that's cool. But she, um, I love her scene. I think it's very, um, it's so classic horror yeah. slasher to me. Right. Uh, like, I just, that's the scene where uh, I realized while watching it that I was yelling at the TV to like, like stop doing that. Right. So it's the scene that gets me where I'm like, stop being so stupid. Yeah. And it's just, it's very fun to watch because you're, she's doing everything wrong. Everything that the first one established don't do. <laughs> she's going back in the house She's not, you know, like she's every, I don't know. She runs up the stairs, everything goes wrong and mm-hmm. it's just really fun. And also like watching her, you literally see her get stabbed in the back right? and then it hurts. And then she fell from the balcony from like three different angles. She didn't fall. He <laughs> threw her yeah. from the balcony yeah, from yeah. three different <laughs> angles. <laughs> that was cool. This was, uh, Buffy came out the same year that this came out. Yeah. Oh, the first episode her. or first series season. So I think Joss Whedon on IMDb trivia, it talks about apparently Joss Whedon has talked about how he wrote Buffy specifically because um, he didn't want her like her as a character. He didn't want her to be the stereotypical dumb blonde Hell like yeah. sorority person, oh my which God, she I plays in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which is which is funny. I don't think she's so like he's duality of woman too. Stereotypically dumb. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Well, she does like the the stereotypically dumb thing, meaning like she gets out of the house and then she's like, "Oh, I gotta call campus security." So she goes back, back in, the, in house, the house and then um, she runs into her sorority sister or whatever. And then, um, after she runs into the sorority sister, she's about to walk out. She gets the phone call and then the killer literally quotes what her sister said to her. And instead of leaving, she goes to explore the house and it's like, you, you know, for a fact, the killer is in the house. Get out. Yeah. Why didn't she like tell her sorority sister that there was something wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Maybe she thought that um, there's someone else in the house and that right. the sorority, it was just the sorority sister. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It was there. Because that's kind of the big like scare is like, oh, someone's been making noise. Oh, the sorority sister's still here. What are you oh, doing? Okay. Right. And then she gets the call. Yeah. And then he says something about their conversation that he would have only known if he was in the house, which he is. And so that's mm-hmm. when she realizes. Yeah. That's how I took it. Yeah. Um. Can I also just thinking about it now? Um, one, there's a little less calling. I feel like in this one, there's still plenty of calling. Right, not this, as much calling. This movie's the first one so. whose cold open does not involve a phone call from a serial killer. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Nice. The okay. other one, all the other ones do. Um, but also, like, doesn't it feel like to you that the calls are like less graphic? They're not as fun. Yeah. Because yeah. like in the first one, Sydney or uh, Casey gets a like a the phone call and he's like, "If you hang up, I'm gonna cut you like a fish." Yeah. And like, yeah. and then he tells Sydney, "Like, I'm gonna kill you, like I killed your mother." And like, they're right. like very like terrifying. There's, there's, yeah, and in these, terrifying. he's just like, "Oh, I'm quoting something I heard." And there's also <laughs> like longer like conversations with the killer, whereas in this one, there's not as much. Yeah. Even like Randy, um, I think has like the longest phone call, and even that one's like hardly anything. Another, it's just, and it's cheap talking about Billy. It's basically. suspense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think the phone calls in this one are far less satisfying. Right, they are. And another fun fact, they so like in the first one, they had the same voice actor to do the voice of um, Ghostface, Roger L. Jackson. 
And um, again, so in the first one, none of the actors like met him until after they finished shooting. And in this one also, like none of the actors um, interacted with him except for in their scenes on the phone. Um, uh, unless like they were shooting except for Sarah Michelle Geller, who would like have conversations with Roger L. Jackson on the phone, like in between scenes. Oh my God. So yeah, I I thought that that was funny. (laughs) Does Sydney ever talk to the killer on the phone in this? Oh yeah. In the house. In the house she does. Yeah. I was about to say this, like this, I, she, I just feel like she, in the first one, she's always on the phone with the killer. Right. Like always. And even yeah. in the third one, there's a lot of phone calls with the killer. Yeah. And um, fourth one too. This one, there's like hardly any, any interaction with her. Calls. But yeah. I think this also might have something to do with all the rewrites and shit. They probably just continuity wise oh had to God. avoid it. Right. I wish so much that this script had had a clear vision with like purpose like the first one yeah. did. it has really good this this movie i it's good potential and everything it's just like you can tell we're like oh they they had to like rush some shit or and i think it's a good movie. change stuff it's good it's, it's I'm just movie. disappointed it's knowing so that because than, it could have been better better than you expected yeah because right? it's, it's a sequel and it's really good <laughs> yeah like it, you saying it was rushed camp. was like is blowing my mind because mean, so many if, things were like brought together if yeah. you rewatch the first one though You'll see what I mean, where it's like... It doesn't hit as hard. Yeah. I mean, this one's still really good, but the first one is like... Chef's kiss. Like... Chef's kiss. Oh, got it right. Let's talk about the opening scene, because the opening scene of Scream is really good. Like, just pure horror, like, really creepy, just... And it also, like, sets up the movie perfectly. How do you guys feel about the opening scene of this movie compared to the that one? I also like it. Yeah. But No, but I like it. Um it's not straight horror, it's comedy. Right. As well. But it is also really brutal and effective. Yeah. And I like that it sets up the whole movie within a movie. Mhm. But the thing that irritates me and I talked about this when we were talking about the episode I can't understand how people would be at, acting like that in a movie theater. Right, yeah. It's just so distracting to me <laughs> that I can't enjoy it 100%, 100% because I just am so off-put by how the <laughs> other people are behaving. Yeah. It just irritates me. But I love the scene. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I think the scene is great. It uh, perfectly establishes the movie very well. Um, that being said, though, if you're going to go and compare it to the death of Casey Becker, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no comparison with any other movie to the death of Casey Becker to me. Like, right. that is just God tier level cinema, like her cold open killing. And so, like, no, none of the Scream series movies openings could compare. But, like, I think this is a great one for the movie that it was for. Yeah. For me... When we started it, like, I didn't love it. Also, because it's like, okay, we're going to kill the people of color immediately. Yeah. Mm. Fine. Um, yeah. Which sucks. But Jada Pinkett she Smith was there like Drew Barrymore for this Yeah. Movie. Yeah. And also, like, Jada Pinkett Smith specifically asked Wes Craven for, like, a really cool, like, good Very death. Brutal death. Brutal death. Um, which is cool. Like, Her character... Oh, go ahead. 
Uh, I just, well, like at first I wasn't a huge fan of it, but then like by the end I thought it was cool because of the way it was like the, the, her death was cool because she was like murdered during a like stressful movie scene in a movie theater where everyone is reacting to the scene uh, on screen so they don't notice like that she is in trouble at the same time um and everybody I thought, who watches horror movies is complicit yeah yeah <laughs> i thought that was like a really cool way to kill her um and like she goes up on the screen but like it's already too late yeah um and Ghostface's some mask people were is on the screen notice. yeah you have like people like taking yeah. off their masks but like yeah. the mask is on the screen as she's like falling. right and we don't know who the like the killer uh, is wearing the same mask as everyone else in the room uh which is also like a, just a cool thing so like by the end i was into it but then but like leading up to it it wasn't the death as in the bathroom is so weird. The death in the bathroom was weird. Like yeah. I can't get behind. Just that. like stab stabbing through, that. through the the stall walls just and then doesn't also really work. Into a skull. Into his ear. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, not that buying it. That was weird. But like, so <laughs> I think like <laughs> cheap movie bathroom Wait, doors. Yeah. What does that have to do with the plot of the movie at all? He it, had to he had a, sit so, next to Jada Pinkett Smith in the theater, and yeah. they had to kill the boyfriend. Yeah, so they had that. to kill the boyfriend to get his outfit so that um, the killer could, like, go in no, but, and like, pretend I mean, to be him. But also, I mean, the but then, cold open. Well, like, yeah. So, their names yeah. are similar oh, to the yeah. Okay. Yeah. They kill Maureen, Jada Pinkett Smith, mm-hmm. because she has the same name as Sydney's mom. I've punched up the scene. Are you ready? Okay. So... He doesn't leave the theater at all. They both stay in their seats, as you should when the movie is starting. <laughs> right. And um, she's like talking to him and all of a sudden he stops responding and she looks over and he does that kind of turn and slump and you see that he's dead. And then the killer like peeks up from behind him and stabs her over the body Yeah. in the aisle. It's the same effect. It's just, right. oh my God. Much shorter. Exactly. <laughs> It doesn't have to be. You can see more of the movie. You can see more of the audience stuff. They can have more dialogue about the movie. I don't know. You're right. Right. And there's a good opportunity, if you had a longer scene, to have a whole thing about how you shouldn't answer phone calls when you're watching a movie. Because it ties back to the whole thing about Scream using phones and right. about movie policy about not using your cell phone in a movie theater. Yeah. I don't know. Punched up. I think I could have punched up that scene in particular, but that's my I think opinion. Just like... I just love the Casey Becker scene. Mm-hmm. Just the way it like plays out is just so like well done and like so Horrifying? perfect. Perfect for a horror film that like the scene like just setting it in a movie theater just overall just like doesn't work as well as that. Did did you have comments on it? <laughs> I didn't. I don't remember the yeah. Casey Becker scene. I thought for this movie it worked really well because it's yeah. yeah, it's up the theme. That's right, um, and she's also like calling out the issues with the movie the whole time, stuff like that. Why does she have to take off her clothes? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also points out when they're walking in about how black people die first. Yeah. In horror movies, yeah. so it's like weird that they point that out and then follow the trope. Right. But then like, they also have 
no characters of color except for like the right, camera. Exactly. The roommate. Yeah. Well, no, her the roommate. roommate. Her yeah. roommate, who is the, I guess, the last to die before the killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But know. she still dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So, like, while it's aware of its own tropes, it doesn't do enough in that regard yeah. to and change nope. the... Mm-hmm. Nope. In the original script, her roommate is the was killer. the killer. So, that mm-hmm. would have been a person of color oh, as the killer. Well, as well, is the roommate originally described as that in the script, though? That's or true. was that casting after? We talk about it know. in this script, yeah, um, how serial killers are typically um, white men, and how, by her being the killer, yeah. it would go against... The thing but that's all about how sequels are operate you know right everyone's a suspect and it could be against trope but yep sydney what did you think about the cinematography of this movie ah. you made a couple comments about it mixing up it was really pretty it was anamorphic lenses shot on film <laughs> of course because it was the 90s I, went, I was trying to look up what lenses and camera it was shot on i noticed a um splotch on the film we streamed this on netflix and yeah. there was a spot with a close-up of Jerry O'Connell and, like, a film splotch went oh, across. Wow. And I was like, whoa, this is digital. <laughs> huh. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, that's why I fucking love film because there's so, there's so many cool things that could happen like that that give it character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of the lighting was... It was good. It was kind of flat lighting. That one scene where there you were bothered by... One scene <laughs> where... Well, clearly, they just... They didn't even show, like, a wide shot. Um, this doesn't make sense. But it was like the the um outside they were a crowd of people talking to someone on a podium and the crowd of people was backlit by the sun and then you cut to the podium and they were also backlit by the sun but right. they were like looking at each other. <laughs> yeah. But that's probably something that like most people wouldn't notice but for me it bothers me. Right. Because <laughs> I'm always looking at especially outside because it's really hard to light outside. Uh, if it's like really bright outside, so that was kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, this movie, I think, didn't have like a lot of attention paid to the cinematography, but it was it was cool. It was well shot. The lenses were cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there are any like big moments. Um, the breathing and when you like rack focus from one character to the other because it was anamorphic. Uh, it kind of like squeezes in on them, which is really cool, and that's what I, why I love those types of lenses. And they did that a lot with like Sydney to someone in the foreground, okay, in a couple scenes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you guys talk else? about the most ridiculous scene? Is one of the most ridiculous scenes of this movie. Which is Timothy Oliphant just getting blasted. Oh, no. At the end. Where he gets shot multiple times and literally launches backwards and practically does a (laughs) backflip in the air. It's a lot. Yeah. Just so many times he gets shot for no reason. (laughs) Right. Do you think this movie fits the rules of a sequel as defined by Randy? Yes, there are more um, deaths. They're really gruesome, too. Do you think they're gorier than the first movie? Well, Randy, we get a shot of him basically covered in blood. Um, A guy gets stabbed in the skull. Jada Pinkett Smith bleeds out in front of a movie theater. Yeah. 
Um, but it's still like... That guy gets a fucking pole through his head. Oh, okay. The first movie wait, literally opens with a dude who has his like pole. eviscerated. Yeah. And even Casey is like hung from a tree with her guts out. Yeah, so... Did they find the liver in her mailbox? Because I heard they found the liver in her mailbox. <laughs> I guess <laughs> these deaths are just more like playful. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not much greater like more horrific than the original oh shit you didn't talk about it in scream one so i'll talk about it now <laughs> my favorite death of the first movie is when Stu gets the television pushed on top of his <laughs> face it's yeah. awesome i love yeah. that entire idea it's so creative it's like really effective and it's cool because it's sydney pushing the tv on top of the killer but it's also a shot of Halloween when Laurie Strode is holding up the knife to stab Michael Myers. Right. Oh, so shit. it's Laurie killing Stu using... The TV. Or sorry, Sydney killing Stu using Laurie with a knife from Halloween in the movie Scream. Oh, yeah. it's so meta. Oh, you guys should talk about the Nosferatu scene. Oh, there oh, was the Nosferatu. Yeah. Nosferatu just randomly on TV. And he's creeping around scenes. the house. Yeah. he He's like... It's, it's the, it's the Famous stereotypical... Shot. Nosferatu shot where he's climbing up the stairs and the shadow is like really big. Um, and it was timed so perfectly with her like walking through. Right. Yeah. I, was that um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's yeah. death? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I will say the deaths in this were mostly just a bunch of stabbing in the stomach. Yeah. And some guns. That's most right. of the death. They were kind of right. A lot right. of shooting and some stabbing. I don't think they were gorier than the first. No. They weren't. The cold so, open had the most interesting deaths. Yeah, for right. Sure. Yeah. I don't. Oh well, Sarah Michelle Gellar got thrown off of a building, which is like super. Nah. I mean, that was cool. That also happens again later in the series. I also did think I liked the effects a lot for the car crash with the pole going through. His head. Yeah, that was yeah, that's insane looking. Right. Mm. Uh, and the so, bullet hole in Laurie Metcalf's like throat when she gets shot. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, so I mentioned during the morning after about the MPAA. Um, for the original, um, they wanted to rate it an NC-17, but then like uh, the producer, Bob Weinstein, went Ugh. and talked to them and like convinced them to put it, because it's a satire and it's not trying to glorify violence. It's, um, so they made it an R rating. And so for this one, Wes Craven was like, oh, they're going to deny it immediately. So, like, he specifically made a more graphic cut. Like, there were three shots of um, that dude getting stabbed, like, in his ear. There were three different shots of that. Um, And, like, he added, like, more stuff into it than than he wanted to in the final cut uh, in order because his his idea was like okay we'll send this and then we'll send the actual real cut and they'll be fine with it because oh, wow. we cut out all the extra stuff that we added oh my god but the funny thing is like he sent the original more violent version and then they they were like okay this is an r rating <laughs> they just gave the violent version a normal r rating because i guess like ha- having seen the original they they decided that this one was also a satire and just gave it an R rating um, because of that. So I just thought that was funny. 
I didn't know. I knew that he sent a fake cut, but I didn't know that they were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, should we go into our segments? Yeah. Let's roll into segments, baby. What would you do if it were you in this movie? I would have definitely been in that film class. I don't know yeah. about you. <laughs> I, w- I would have been in that film class. Yes, you're right. So, um, I'd say I'd probably make it. Yeah. Because I... Actually, you know what? Maybe not. Because I have the opinion that sequels are the inferior film. <laughs> and we saw what happened to people who don't like sequels. So. <laughs> I think I'd get the bullet. I would definitely be in that film class. That would be where my type is. I, I don't know if I would have even been around the action. I probably would have been chasing Mickey. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I would have been after Randy. <laughs> I know he's you got would. that like hot goatee. You know, I'm big. I'm. I'll say it, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. If you um are free next Wednesday, I have a couple <laughs> hours off. You know, if you want to come talk to me on Wednesday when I am free. Whenever <laughs> like her schedule. at the the frat party when Mickey asks Haley if she wants to dance or whatever, and she's like, "Yeah, with that so and so," I would have like been the one to slide right in and be like, "Yes, Mickey, I will dance with you." <laughs> <laughs> I'll step in here, please. So I would have probably ended up dead because I've been lashing onto the killer. Yeah. I'm just hung up on a man who got his throat cut in a van. I don't I don't well if we're talking who do we relate oh, to shit, the most? I, didn't think about that. I guess like Mickey maybe, yeah. but not his motivation for doing just all the who killings. He is. Just like him like being the dude who films and also like thinks sequels are inferior or whatever. <laughs> like or no. Or Ooh, superior red flag whatever yeah i would have been mickey i have bad taste in film (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh no no i guess i am randy still i said i was randy in the last one and that still applies for this one because like also like randy in college a lot cooler better looking muscular that works. He's yeah. got a hot goatee. It's, yeah. Nope. That's he looks, looks like good. a leprechaun. <laughs> I like. I like it. I, I like the goatee. I think it's hot. I love I goatees. It works. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I'll say it. I'm. I'm definitely still Randy, the like hotter version. <laughs> I think I'm still like ugly Randy, but <laughs> no, he was never really ugly. But I don't think I'm quite hot Randy yet. We'll see. Give it a year quite hot randy yet but <laughs> if i were randy then yes i'd die the same way as randy i guess yeah you would get in a heated phone call <laughs> i know you would so, uh i definitely would be no variations i would be the camera guy yeah <laughs> because it's just like first off jumping into a job without doing your homework <laughs> is me and then like reading the book halfway through because you realize oh shit i need to like read this right and then just like wanting to give it your all because it's production and then i do like realistically dipping out obviously when you see that murder but then he came back at the end because <laughs> he just like was interested in it right and like wanted to make shit happen so then he was like making her he's the camera guy but he was like making her do a segment so yeah. like becoming a producer so i just related with him very hard right <laughs> At the end, he comes back and he's yeah. like, "You're Gail Weathers. Do your segment." <laughs> that is like, big Sydney energy. You're Joel, and you ran away. 
yeah. good stuff. I love him so much. <laughs> Can I do my segment of what my buzzer noise would have been if we still do trivia? Yes. Oh my yes. God. Alternately yes. titled my favorite quote of the movie. It's Dewey, right? Kind of near the beginning when he's in a spat with Gail Weathers because he did not like the book and how she wrote him. <laughs> And Gail had described Dewey as oozing with inexperience. And yeah. Dewey, before he leaves, says, I have to go. I have some oozing to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> that whole conversation is like the worst conversation in the whole movie. Oh, wait. We didn't talk about Gail and Dewey again. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about Gail and Dewey's scene where Dewey gets stabbed is like, the oh, best yeah. scene in the that movie. Is, that's, that's a really so good scene. Good. Yeah. Oh my god! Watching that's Gail oh this movie because like it wasn't and nothing that happened was like boring and dry right. horror stuff. Like it was all really interesting. Watching Gail yeah. go through that sound room yeah. was so tense. And then like right when you're feeling relieved, you just watch Dewey get yeah. Prince right up and then quotes she goes murdered. Up to it. And, and like, that's yeah. another like meta thing because she's watching it just like they're watching the sequels and watching the yeah, other movies. Yeah. She's just watching that happen. Yeah. And then of course we get Dewey living again because the audience cannot let Dewey die. He right. just has to get stabbed a lot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, once again they've got the well. This time they're hateful towards each other because something happened between them. Right. But there still is that chemistry. Oh, they want to fuck each other real bad. Yeah. <laughs> He's got her hand, his hand on the titty, like five minutes before all this is going down right oh that was a great beat too got one hand on the gun another hand on the titty would you just fuck in public like that in in a chemistry classroom while there's a serial killer on the loose no no like that's passion yeah you gotta get like real caught up in that moment yeah but um yeah, they had a they were, their chemistry was fun. There was a lot more time I think spent on Gale and Dewey in this movie. Yeah. Um and there was a great payoff because like his scene where he gets stabbed and she watches is I think one of the best in the whole series. It's oh, so right. good. It's a really good scene. I almost cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially like cuz there's the whole like soundproofing and stuff and she can't hear him even though he's like just behind Baby, yeah. one pane of glass. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aren't all the characters behind one pane of glass? <laughs> <laughs> the television glass? <laughs> I tried to do the Xbox theme song and it didn't work. <laughs> the the car scene was also a really good scene for me. Oh, where she's okay. crawling yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, yeah. That's very yeah, that was tense. Good. Yeah. And she oh hits the horn and you're like, God damn it. That's because one of, of course. In the, if, if, if that was me, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I absolutely would. I would have crawled over, taken the weapon, taken off the mask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why didn't she? She's supposed to be this badass woman who's had like defeated killers before, but she can't just take the weapon and kill him. Because then, like, you can at least see who it is and see their fucking eyeballs. Yeah. So if you're crawling over them and their eyeballs open, fight them. You know, it's like there's just so much in that scene that it's such a very well built tense scene Mm -hmm. but there's so much that you're just like you could have done other stuff with it i also don't feel like it's realistic that he didn't wake up that whole time and then he immediately woke up as soon as and like knows exactly what to do yeah Yeah. and also like what could have made that scene better to punch up this scene fine sydney gets out that's okay but then hallie doesn't yeah right because they kill her five seconds later anyways Mm -hmm. so it was just so weird to me that they had to run away and have that whole argument about how like she didn't lift up the mask yeah well it added more suspense that way 
Yeah, but still, right? Because yeah, we don't know who the killer is. I think or you could have had a killer reveal and then a second killer reveal later in the movie. Like you could have. I don't even think you need a reveal. I think if you build up the tension in that scene, like it was built to have it lead to a death, like immediately, I think that's fine. Because then Sydney has to run away from Ghostface, and then she goes to like the th- and then it's okay. Right. I just I cannot. Shortly after that was when Courtney Cox. After, right after the uh, soundproof scene, she comes out to the phone booth, and Laurie Metcalf is there, and that's why I right. knew, I, or that's why I like had a hunch that it was. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, that was a really cool thing. Why would Debbie Salt be here? <laughs> so, what's the next segment? Who's uh, the villain ranking? Oh no, the award. <laughs> oh, ooh. Uh, this gets a Jared, right? Jared, yeah. Oh yeah. So a uh, a Jared Padalecki award for excellence in acting. Who's the best actor in this? I don't know. I'll say Courtney Cox for this movie ooh. for me. Ooh. Okay. I think she's great. She does play Gail very well. I. Hmm. Portia de Rossi. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. Uh... Oh, mine is the camera guy. Joel. Joel. Dwayne Martin. Joel rules. Dwayne Martin's his real Yeah. Name. He's cool. I think. Jada Pinkett Smith. She does act. She's, shit out of that she's really good, yeah. I. I think I'm going to back Courtney Cox, but part of me wants to give it to Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> but oh I, I think I'll back Courtney for this one because I feel like Gail really does kind of. I think this is probably Sydney's least exhilarating movie. Yeah. Um, I think she really shines in Scream 4. And Scream 1. Scream 1 is like, a, I mean, she's great in that one. I think Scream 4 is probably where she's going to get the excellence in acting for me. Unless right. I watch Hayden Panettiere and re-fall in love. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, okay. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to back Courtney Cox for this one. Okay. I really want to say Metcalf, but the character wasn't given enough arc. It was just like... Right. She's, she does she's really that final scene, des- a desperate reporter with quotes. And then, and that's just like one level. And then she's a desperate killer and that's yeah. another that's like the same level she just yeah she just much. pops in whenever it's convenient for the character yeah. to be in the scene um yeah okay who are you doing oh I you said, said joel. joel yeah the cameraman so now villain ranking now villain ranking well for me obviously they're going to be second because we only have two Right. Um, and Billy oh, and Stu. restarting it? Yeah, yeah okay. we're restarting it. Billy and Stu are still number one for me. I think Mickey and Mrs. Loomis are fine killers and everything. They'll beat plenty of future villains, but Billy and Stu is still Raymond. Do you group them together or can you separate them? I guess you could separate them if you wanted, but I'm going to count them as one because they executed all this together. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to call it Ghostface Part 2. <laughs> and I think it's also... Um, I agree with Sam. I think... Right. Um, Billy and Stu are superior. I also agree. They're number two in mine. Ratings? Ratings. So what Shit, are we, we rating didn't re- this touch one on our ratings of? in our morning after, I just realized, for Scream. What do you mean? We Usually we make sure we agree with our ratings. We didn't do that. Oh, um, yeah. Because somebody... Okay. Uh, Race, you bitch. <laughs> anyone have a starting rating? Well, oh, what, what is, are we rating What are we rating out of? Greek letters. I was going to say that. Greek letters. <laughs> That works, yeah. Because they're actually a plot thing. That's oh so, my god! That was such a weird plot too. To bring back the 
the necklace by <laughs> smacking him with it. Right. Related, how many notes Jerry O'Connell hit in that song? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good with Greek letters. I think Greek, Greek letters, letters is, is good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how about um college credit? hours that people missed while all this shit was just going on (laughs) no greek letters that's great i can start okay i'll give it an eight okay because i still think out of ten out of ten yeah um i i think it was like pretty good but i don't think it was as good as the original and it was like it was like okay it was like fine (laughs) yeah so i'll give it an eight i i know what all of the movies are gonna get rating wise for me (laughs) wow Um, so this is getting an 8.5 for me um this is my least favorite i'm excited to watch scream 3 because i'm worried that i'm gonna be like oh shit no this is my least favorite but no on record like scream 2 is my least favorite i just there's certain things about it that i just can't forgive and um but i still think that this is a great movie i think it's better than most movies and they killed Randy, and that's mostly why the, the rating's so low. I gave it a 5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. And for mm-hmm. my Letterboxd review, I'm going to stick with that. But for right now, um, I give it an 8. Okay. Yeah, one star for Randy. <laughs> R.I.P. And then one star knocked off, because I think it could have been better. Yeah. But it's a great movie. Like, it's like... And the only reason I've been kind of harsh on it, like, oh, I wish it did this and I wish it did that, is because I think the first one is so good. It follows such an amazing, iconic. Right. And I know that, um, like, I feel like if it had had everything going right for it at the time, you know, like a tight script, a good shooting schedule like everything had fallen in its place it could have been so much right. better if, if they didn't have to like make it in less than a year exactly then it could have been better it's still better than a lot of other slashers it's oh my god yeah and as level a sequel, compared to what it's a sequel to oh my god it's such a good sequel right oh it's probably the best sequel ever made for a slasher I, that, I'm not going on record saying that I'm just saying it might, it might be <laughs> right. about that. Sorry, it's written down I just wrote it down <laughs> Sydney? What about Creep 2? Uh, oh, Creep 2. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on Creep 2. Okay, let's move on. I would also give it an 8 because it was like super solid. Really good movie. Really good plot and story. I don't think there's any like anything super amazing about it that would bring it up to the 9 or 10 level for me. And there were some like plot holes in it and like a few unrealistic things. But... Uh, with suspension of disbelief you can get past those and yeah. it's worth it for the plot and i also think it kind of earns its dis- suspension right in that regard so yeah i'm gonna stick with an eight cool um so recommendations based on this movie what would you recommend obviously all the other screams mm-hmm. all the other screams i want to recommend yeah. urban legends <laughs> Because that one chick's in it. Right. And also, it's a college-based horror movie. It's a great movie. And it's so much fun. Jared Leto's in it. Oh, yeah, he is. It has one of my favorite scenes in horror movies. It's this, like, emo goth girl typing, like, IMing on a computer. (laughs) And um, someone types, what you into? And she replies, lithium. And I felt that. (laughs) I think it's great. Uh, I have to think of more. Those were just my immediate. Let's do sequels. How about the Halloween sequel? 
Hollywood I too. haven't seen it. We Me neither. It. But we have the DVD. Like the we Blu-ray. still haven't watched it. I'll recommend it anyways. Um, Halloween sequel. I know what you did last summer too. I still know what you did last summer. That's what it's called. Oh, um, <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth too is a different killer, Jason Voorhees, than its first one. So that's yeah. like a fun one. The second one's also good. Third one's the best, yeah. but the second one's great. Um, sequels. I want to recommend the crazies because Timothy Olyphant's in it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Molly's biggest eye roll ever. <laughs> it's okay. Say what you will. I love it. Whatever, dude. Uh, yeah. Grown Ups Two with Adam Sandler. <laughs> you might recognize him from Uncut Gems. <laughs> um, maybe. Uncut Gems. This time they cut them. <laughs> Um, projected to win a 2021 shadow oscar it's ooh. currently in um, ooh. production i have a good sequel evil dead 2 ooh, oh yeah. yeah a sequel that's better than the original that's true <laughs> um, oh they sh- why did they talk about that yeah fuck evil dead 2 when it's know, a horror it, movie oh, when it really came out i don't what it, what but it also evil, yeah that came out in yeah. the 80s right well, evil I'm saying, like, would it have been considered better than the original at this point like, did it Probably. have the cult following? I'm not sure. I don't know. But also, like, Evil Dead 2, they already had a plan for Evil Dead 3. So, I guess Randy would have rejected mm-hmm. it based on the same premise. This Whatever. one had a plan for a 3 when it yeah. came out. <laughs> I'll um, say Happy Death Day to you. Set in a college. I heard that was bad. Yeah, Happy I Death Day to bad. you. I haven't seen it. It's not as good as the original, but it's a sequel. And it's a <laughs> horror movie set in yeah. college. So that's my recommendation. There aren't a lot of college-based horror movies. There are some, but there aren't a lot. Yeah. Unfriended 2. <laughs> so good. Oh. Unfriended 2 Dark Web. College-based yeah. horror movie. Christy. Christy is pretty good, yeah. Um, Creep 2. Got any sequel? Creep 2 is a good sequel. Not a sequel, but I want to recommend Buffy. If you haven't seen it yet, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Buffy, yeah. Came out the same year as this. I haven't seen Buffy. I've seen parts of it. I was like really into it for a little bit and then I stopped watching. I just like The first season is rough. You just gotta get past that. You know who else is in that? David Boreanis. Mm. <laughs> An icon. Bones. Bones. <laughs> Bones is ending. Bones. And you know what Project. Bones is? Bones. The money. Well, oh god. Bones. <laughs> Bones is starring Emily Deschanel, who is the younger sister of Zoe Deschanel. So she's kind of the sequel to <laughs> Zoe Deschanel. It's all connected. <laughs> it comes full circle. <laughs> Zoe anyway. Deschanel, as you might recognize, is in the movie Yes Man. Which Molly apparently has confirmed not good. <laughs> not a good movie. Um, also, I wanted to throw in a recommendation because I didn't recommend it for scream one but uh i mentioned it on the podcast but last action hero i think is basically the uh action movie version of scream it came out in 1994 two years before scream came out and it's uh i'm explaining this to sydney but um (laughs) it's it's uh arnold schwarzenegger the movie is about a kid who like gets a magic movie ticket and then it puts him into an action movie that he's watching and so the whole time he's like calling out the fact that it's a movie and like explaining 
tropes of action movies and stuff and it's like oh, really cool. well done and i really like it it's not like highly regarded by critics but i really like it yeah can i recommend an action movie from the same year that scream 2 was released hell yeah the jackal starring <laughs> bruce willis and richard gear it's so good it is action in cinema at its finest okay. i love this movie yeah it's i watched it for the first time a couple days ago and i like i don't think you guys haven't seen it yet no, no, I need yeah. I need you to. It's so like it's not good, but it's great. <laughs> right. You know, <sighs> there are like at least a thousand costumes. There's a scene with Bruce Willis in a gay bar. Ooh, Ooh. Jack Black's in the movie. Just like it just keeps getting better. You know, just when you think it can't do better, it just does. <laughs> right. oh, it's amazing. There's that speak like with meta horror movies. What's that one where? She like goes into the horror movie. And, oh, the final uh, girls. Yeah, we haven't mentioned that. Oh, yeah, okay. I haven't seen that. Yeah, uh, I've seen it. Um, I don't love it as much as the other meta horror movies. It's the that one I've where seen. they're like in a cabin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, yeah. She like goes into a horror. It's um, Teresa Farmiga is the main character. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And like her, her mom is her mom. Right? Her mom. So in re- so the story goes like the like her mom dies in her real life. And then uh, but like her mom was a like horror movie actress yeah. in the like 80s. Yeah. And so Teresa Farmiga goes to a screening of one of her mom's old movies back when she was acting uh and like some weird shit happens and her uh taisa farmiga and her friends just get put into the movie and so the rest of the movie is them like first of all trying to save um her mom malin ackerman's character who because malin ackerman's character is like the girl who like gives in to having sex and then dies because of that um and so like they're trying to save her mom, but also escape the horror movie that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alia Shawkat is in it. Uh, yeah, Alia Shawkat is in it, and um, uh, uh, fuck, who's the dude? Uh, fucking motherfuck, Tommy D. Tommy Middleditch. Tommy Middleditch. Is Tommy in Middleditch what is did in you it. Say? Uh, anyway. The Final Girls, I I thought it was just okay as a movie. It's pretty fun, though. Um, that's a good recommendation, though. Uh, yeah. So, let's... Uh, what are our... Um, let's... That's it. That's the movie. Um, uh, so, uh, you can follow me at Not A Credit Card and everything. Uh, you can get me on um, t- Twitter and Instagram at Save Our Shaggy. And on Letterboxd at SamanthaDawn13. I will eventually change that. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at MidsummerQueen, on Instagram at Molly Francis Haynes, and on Letterboxd at M-O-1-1-Y-H-A-I-N-E-S. Follow me on Twitter at Sid Lawson. And you can follow the show at Tipsy Terror, TipsyTerrorPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. We have websites, tipsyterror.rip, tipsyterror.com, tipsyterror.wtf, and tipsyterror.pub. Dot pube. And then you can also follow our Patreon, patreon.com slash tipsyterror. Uh, for $1 a month, you get to vote in polls to decide one of our episodes per month. Um, and then you also get uh, 
to see my reviews of um, the horror movies. I'm going through the past 50 years of horror uh, week by week in this. Uh, and the latest review that's up right now is A Bay of Blood from 1971. It's really good. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. It inspired um, a lot of Friday the 13th. Like basically like pre-slasher giallo it's like it's the one that inspired a lot of slashers uh a bay of blood by mario bava really good and then the next review that's coming up uh by the time this comes out it's gonna be up soon um it's called sisters directed by brian de palma (gasps) haven't watched it yet um and it stars margot robbie yeah. Not that Margot, Margot Robbie? Robbie? Not Margot Robbie. Margot Kidder? Margot Kidder. Oh my That's God. Who I meant, yeah. Can I watch that with you? <laughs> yeah, I love sure. Brian De Palma. Right, yeah. Um, so uh, I haven't watched that movie yet, but the review will be up soon by the time this episode comes out. Um, so you can get that at the $1 level. And for $5 a month, we do bonus episodes. We do one episode per month currently, but if we get enough donations we'll do more than one episode a month and uh yeah that's all come back next week and we'll be doing scream three <laughs> Woo! Cool. the best one <laughs> okay oh my god bye. bye bye i got a thing for the sidekick killer and all of these even in scream four really